one, I will keep going even when I don't feel like it. Every day I get better. Two, I can heal from past heartache. I am worthy of love, forgiveness, kindness, and compassion. Three, I will make the best decisions for myself even when it doesn't feel like the easy thing to do. Four, instead of being discouraged by how far I still have left to go, I choose to be grateful for how far I've already come. Five, through it all, I survived. This is Parents of an Angel, The Sound. Welcome to another episode of Parents of an Angel, The Sound. I am your host, Caroline Jefferson, author and founder of Parents of an Angel, a comforting community for grieving parents. Well, it's that time of year again. Cue my extra therapy sessions. Cue my support system reaching out and checking on me. Cue my comfort food and cue my crown. Royal, not headdress. But that's right. Mother's Day is right around the corner the second Sunday in May, and the annual reminder that I don't have a living baby to celebrate me. On the second Sunday in May, the world stops to honor and celebrate moms around the world. Families splurge on cards, flowers, gifts, fancy dinners, and lavish meals to show the motherly figures in their lives just how much they are loved and valued. Mother's Day for grieving mothers, however, looks a little bit different. The first Mother's Day after my son died, it was so difficult, y'all. I couldn't even get out of the bed. And I wish I could tell you that Mother's Day gets easier with time, but that just wasn't the reality for me. Some years are better than others, but it has not been a steady uphill battle. Mother's Day for grieving mothers is unique because the rest of the world doesn't immediately include us in the motherhood category. I remember looking for a Mother's Day card for a friend who lost her baby, and this would have been her first Mother's Day without her child. In a store dedicated to greeting cards and gifts, I found one card written for grieving moms. One. A few years ago, my therapist asked me what the hardest part of losing my son was, and my answer was simple. Replanning the rest of my life without him physically here. You see, by keeping my son cherished in my heart, all I can do is hold on to the loving memories from my pregnancy That's what keeps me going on days that I would honestly just rather be with him in heaven. I think back to him kicking me every time he heard his dad's voice in the morning and squirming around in my belly when I sang very off key, but sang nonetheless to him. So To my fellow moms who are grieving the loss of their precious babies and their precious children, I love all of you. I I feel you. I feel your pain. I understand. I get it. And I, I am here with you. You know, I ask God so many times, 
why did this happen to me? I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone else, but like, why me? Seriously. Why did I get stripped of the one thing that I was so honored and blessed to carry for 39 weeks and then with a snap of a finger, gone? Then I remember quickly that God gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. I'll say that again. God gives his hardest battles to his toughest soldiers. So as we quickly approach Mother's Day, I can undoubtedly say that watching the world celebrate mothers who have living children doesn't make me feel like a hardened soldier. Often, I just feel weak and depressed and isolated. But, but, over the years, I have come to learn that getting through Mother's Day is really about being intentional and making it clear what your needs are. So on this episode of Parents of an Angel the Sound, I'm going to share with you seven lessons that I have learned after losing my baby and surviving Mother's Day for the last seven years. The first thing I had to learn is that the loss of my baby does not make me any less of a mother. Your journey as a mom still counts. Your angel matters and you deserve to be honored as a mother if you so choose. Everyone may not celebrate with you and that's okay. You have your full permission to celebrate yourself and honor yourself on Mother's Day. The second lesson that I had to learn is that the world did not validate my motherhood for me and it did not define how I view myself as a mother. You know, I carried my son for 39 weeks and they're not now person on Beyonce's internet or in this world that could tell me that that pregnancy did not make me a mother. And if you choose to um, identify as a mom, no one else can take that away from you. I also learned that I needed to think about what I needed and what I wanted for that Mother's Day weekend every year and communicate that with my support system. One of the biggest mistakes that I was making in the past was that I was setting these like really, really high expectations for what I wanted a milestone day, like Mother's Day or even my son's, the day he was born sleeping, right? I used to set these really high expectations for how I wanted those days to play out, but I never really like told anyone what I needed. And, you know, I was just expecting them to read my mind and just kind of know what I wanted because like that, that just made sense in my head, but you know, that's not the reality. And for anyone who has not shared this type of experience for someone who, you know, has not lost a baby, it can be difficult for them to understand what to do, how to do it, what we need, what to ask, what to say, right? So it's very important that you communicate what you need with your support system, which brings me to my next lesson. Tell your support circle what you need, even if it doesn't include them, and that's okay. 
one year, I just wanted breakfast in bed and I wanted to be left alone. I wanted alone time to do things by myself. And I had to communicate that with the people um, in my support circle. I was invited to, you know, Mother's Day brunch. I was invited to go out of town and different things like that. But I really wanted to just be home, listen to some gospel music, watch uh, church on TV and read my Bible and then binge watch my favorite TV shows for the rest of the day. That's all I wanted to do. And I wanted to do it by myself. And that's fine. The important thing here is that you communicate what you need to the people who care most about you so that your expectations are clear and that they know exactly what they can do to support you. The next lesson I had to remember was that I wasn't grieving alone, even though it felt like it. It, it was a very, very eye-opening experience, but the loss of a baby can be hard for those around you, like your parents, your spouse, even your closest friends. One of my, my best friends tells me this often. Uh, she grieved the loss of Joshua almost like it was her own because she was so connected to me and connected to my pregnancy. Uh, one year on my son's birthday or the day that he was born sleeping, I found my mom reading her devotional Bible before breakfast, and I asked her what she was reading, and she replied, a prayer of comfort with tears falling from her beautiful face. And at that very moment, I realized that I wasn't the only one still living with the pain of losing my son. So I said all of that, and I shared that story just to say don't hesitate to talk to people who may be hurting with you. It can be comforting to know that you aren't alone in your pain. And for me, sometimes simply talking about my son and sharing those memories about him gives me the comfort that I need. Finally, know your grief triggers and avoid them at all costs. So here's a confession. A couple of years ago, I stopped going out to eat on Mother's Day because when the waiter asked, who here is celebrating Mother's Day today? I'm always overtaken by this awkward feeling when I want to like proudly announce myself as a mother, even though the rest of the table may not instinctively consider me one. I understand that everyone doesn't think about me when they think about motherhood because like I said, I don't have a living child and that's okay. That is okay. What's not okay is knowing that how that situation makes me feel, but still forcing myself to endure it just to be in the company of others. Going to the mall around that time of year is another trigger for me. Luckily, with the pandemic, so many things have reverted to online and remote and virtual experiences. So, you know, shopping online is so much easier than it used to be. But nonetheless, there's just something about seeing kids with their moms or, or seeing kids with their dads who are shopping for their wives or girlfriends or co-parenting partners. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love to see it. But at the same time, it is one of those brutal reminders that my son is not here to shop with his dad or with, you know, with his granddad 
to pick out a card and a gift for me. And I know, I know shopping for gifts is so materialistic, right? But it's still a moment of bonding and a moment of togetherness that we don't get to experience here because our son was born sleeping. So all in all, when it comes to Mother's Day or any other milestone holiday, like the day you found out you were pregnant or the day that you found out the sex of your angel or the day that your angel was born sleeping, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa celebrations, your birthday, any milestones that really stick out to you, the important thing is that you find the best way to handle it for you. It has taken me seven years to figure out what I need for myself and how to communicate that with the people closest to me. It didn't happen overnight and it took some work. It it really took me doing the work because like I said, I just assumed that they would just automatically know what I needed without me even telling them, right? So sometimes it gets uncomfortable and icky and difficult, but the truth is getting through Mother's Day or now what feels like a whole Mother's Day weekend, you know, getting through that weekend, it takes work and it's not always fun, but I promise you, you will survive. And when you wake up, On that Monday morning after Mother's Day, you can take a big sigh of relief because you did it. You made it. You survived Mother's Day. I don't believe in the saying, time heals all wounds, because it doesn't. Take it from me. It does not. However, I do believe that over time, you learn the best ways to cope with those wounds, that grief, and that pain. Again, it won't come overnight. It does take time and it does require you to do the work. Luckily, you have me and Parents of an Angel to share that journey with you. Oh, hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Parents of an Angel, The Sound. I'm your host, Caroline Jefferson. Make sure you visit parentsofanangel.com forward slash connect to receive my free guide, 100 Ways to Remember Your Angel and Heal from Your Loss. And you can get your hands on my new book, Heartache, Healing, and Hope. Remember these three things to carry you through the week. You are not alone. Your feelings are valid. And today is a great day for healing. I love y'all. Be well.